You guys are listening to Season 2, Episode 3 of the Old Terps Podcast. Let's get to it. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Season 2, Episode 3 of the Old Terps Podcast. One of your hosts, Andrew Terrell, here, uh, sitting in my living room at the new crib that I just got. Big dog. Uh, he's big time. Yeah, he's tough. Big money. Let me borrow, let me borrow, actually, let me borrow a couple hundred while we at it. Incredibly broke. <laughs> Self to describe how broke I am. Uh, Travis Vileman checking in, Brooklyn, Brooklyn, New York. Um, you know, it's the best city in the world. Christmas in, 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 in December in New York. So, um, it's pretty nice out here. Got Reese Mona here in good old Maryland. Uh, and shout out to Andrew. It sounds like he actually got some Wi-Fi going. It Guy is. bought a house. But it's a lot better. Wi-Fi. It's a lot better. This Kevin Herter, good old state of California, Sacramento. Uh, happy to be back on with you fellas. Been like a week. Good to track you all down again. It, I'll tell you what, man. It's uh, it's it's tough to jump on this thing. This is this is ass, man. We are we are pretty bad. Um, so let's just jump right into the to the Indiana game. We we kind of discussed that a little bit. No, that was a ridiculous comment. I apologize for that. Hey, yo, what is what did what did Money Mate say? Hey, yo, the guy buys a house, can't control himself. I apologize. My my brain is spinning right now. Um, probably spinning from the abysmal like three point shooting. So here, I've got a question before we even jump into anything. The best thing that you guys took away from that IU game was what? And it wasn't our team. It was IU. Terrible three-point shooting team. What have they done the past couple games? Completely taken out the three-point shot from their game. They shot nine threes against us, and they shot, I think, eight against Michigan. Won both games. Wow. What do we do? We're, we're like gambling addicts at the at the blackjack table. We're saying again, again. <laughs> what, what do you guys think? Do you guys think there's there's keep shooting it, or do you think go to a different strategy, completely pull the horses back here, and and maybe get the ball inside a little bit? All right, just just so we can put into context our shooting, we're gonna play this game every week. So, fellas, each one of you, I want you to guess what is our three point percentage on the season, and where does that rank in Division one men's basketball in the country. Twenty one percent to okay. two sixty. Okay. Twenty anybody else? Eight per twenty eight percent, three hundred and thirty-three. Okay. I'm gonna go with twenty three percent and uh I'll go like two ninety. I think I think Kev, Andrew's close. Kev, I think you were the closest. Um, we were coming in at a whopping 22.4% no. from behind the arc for 360th in Division One, right behind the Alabama A&M Bulldogs, right ahead of the Houston Christian Huskies. Hey, are, let's be fair here. That is up from the last time we spoke about this. So. We are the second worst shooting three point team in the entire country. Back to Andrew's original question, there was only there's only one answer to that question, and it's 
It's what we just said. The answer is to keep shooting the ball, fellas. Got to keep shooting. It can't get it's worse. Up. It's up from last time. What was it? We were a 19. We were a 21 last time we talked about this. We're at 22.4, trending in the right direction. Well, it helps it that worse. we're 5 for 25, and somehow the percentage went up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, I do. That's I think, though, it needs to be certain players might not need to take as many. But I go. do think Jamie, I feel like he might start hitting. I think Bingo. he's a freshman. He's getting his legs under him. His shot looks good. I mean, I he think, had early on a couple air balls, but now it's starting to look good. He made a few at Penn State, some big ones down the stretch. So I think he might need to shoot more. Jameer's getting it's at least he's in the thirty percent. Uh, he's starting. To, he's playing extremely well. Him and Juju are playing extremely well. But I think the right guys need to take the right shots. I think you need Jamie. He needs to be a guy that no matter what happens, he needs to shoot every time. You yeah. get it, you're open, shoot it. Correct. I don't care if you're zero for ten, zero for twenty. You shoot the ball every time because I think you saw at the end of that. Penn State game like if you can get him going and playing well and shooting the ball I think it makes us a different team right like our guys have been guys like you know Juju and Jameer have been really good the past couple games um he needs to shoot it every time um certain other guys maybe let's let's um let's relax there and, and try and do some other things I I can guarantee this without having any background knowledge of the situation this coaching staff is telling Jamie to shoot it almost every time he touches it. If he has a good yes. look and he doesn't shoot, it's one of those where he's he's being shown film or he's being told that he's not shooting enough. And it's going to take time. As Coach Willard said, these guys are just, they're just high school freshmen out there, fellas. They're just high school freshmen. We need to come along. Uh, they're college freshmen, but they're going to come along. They're going to get their legs. These guys need to keep shooting. And if you look at, Drew said it well, IU said, we're going to stop shooting. We're going to win games for our toughness or rebounding. We're going to get to the rim. We shot 25 threes against Penn State, made five. That's only out of 25 possessions, 15 points. That's 60 per, it's 0.6 points per possession, which is miserable. So you take those away. Like Drew said, what if, what if they played a game with a shot zero threes? What might happen? I mean, that's just wasted. That's 20 wasted possessions. I also think it's important to note here the difference in personnel between IU and Maryland that allows them to. You can just abandon a three-point shot. IU is missing their starting point guard. I'm sure that's going to help when he comes back. Uh, whereas, obviously, he's, he's a guy you need to get the ball to. The way Maryland plays, our style of play, we're going to play up and down uh, defensively, as we've talked about many times this podcast. We're going to... We're gonna get into you. We want to make we want to make it an up and down game. Like this team for Maryland needs to shoot threes, or they need to make them. And I know personnel wise, like if we're gonna play Jordan, we're gonna play Dante a lot together with Juju out there. Like that that can't stop us from from getting them up. And uh, I just hope that that's not something that changes. Um, speaking of what you guys just said about Jamie, here's another question for you guys. Do you think it's too early for this coaching staff to be thinking about the future? when it comes to keep shooting the ball, keep shooting the ball, you know, keep telling your freshmen and then, you know, having pretty much every freshman, we're sitting there having to, to defend them right now because it is super ugly. But do you think they're looking toward the future of, hey, let's just use this kind of as a test year for you young guys. Come back next year and it'll kind of be like Ant's first year at Maryland. Now, Anthony, I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't like that. But it's, you know, it's one of those situations where, if you don't think you're going to win this year, just pass it on to next year, but let them keep working through that system and getting used to 
you know, shooting under pressure, shooting big threes, shooting corner threes, things like that. I think it's important to note, like, I think like when things click, they click really quickly, right? Like all it could take is one big game from a guy like Jamie and all of a sudden, like he's now shooting 35% pretty consistently. So I think it's not like to your point, Drew, like I do think it's somewhere as a staff, you want him to keep shooting, not just for this year and this team, but thinking like, okay, this is a guy who's going to be one of our cornerstones for the next two, three, four years, right? Like let's get him going. Let's get him going. And hopefully like, again, when things click sometimes, like, it's like the floodgates opened up, and now all of a sudden he's a very consistent shooter. To, to the point about Ant, right, like we talk about all the time, Ant didn't want to shoot his freshman year because it wasn't working. All it took was, I think towards the end of the year, he got more confidence, and then next year you blink, and he's, you know, he, he was a 30-some percent shooter the rest of his career, right? Like that was in his arsenal. Um, so you you do want to keep encouraging that because you know the guy can shoot the ball. You know, you know he can. And we lived through that year with Anthony. And it was not how it is with Willard right now, where Willard is saying, you know, I assume keep shooting, keep shooting, keep shooting. Turgeon was not saying that to Anthony. That was not something that we hunted out because we were a very solid team with very solid players. So it wasn't like, you know, we just threw that to the side and said, Anthony, you know, we want you to get your legs under you. We want you to work out of this slump. No, we had Mello, we had Kevin, we had J-Jack. You know, we had guys that could really go. And so it's a little different this year than it is in years past because I think, you know, the whole feel around the energy of the program is like, shit, let's just get out of this year. Let's get to next year. Let's get a new recruiting class because this year feels done. It feels like Maryland football after game five. I think to your point also, like the personnel this year is vastly different, right? Like if you go down a roster and say, who do we have that can make shots, right? It's him. It's Jameer. No Bachelor's really not playing anymore. Um, Jahari Long, I think, is a streaky guy that can give you one or two here and there, but isn't maybe going to be a guy you rely on consistently to make shots. Tay is not playing very confidently right now. Jordan Geronimo's never really been a quote-unquote like guy you guard as a shooter. Um so, like, it kind of has to be Jamie. Like, it's like you said, that year we didn't need Ant to shoot. This year we don't really have many other guys to shoot, so we need him to shoot until he figures it out. Definitely need him to shoot. And uh, to go back, the youth movement is kind of already started. You know, I, kn- I know we have some some older guys in the team, but, you know, we're playing, we're playing young guys a lot of minutes. And outside of really being a top 25 recruit, uh, being a major get for Coach Willer, like, DHS, his minutes and where he's at, like right now, he's not giving you enough to play 36 minutes outside of being a freshman. And this guy's going to be a major part of what we're going to do in the future. We need to bring him along. And if, I mean, if, if this is a team that obviously that's still early in the Big Ten season, a team that still wants to reach their goals, getting to the NCAA tournament, potentially winning more than one game, like they need DHS to be better. And so that youth movement of bringing him along, even though maybe he hasn't earned the minutes he's gotten so far outside of being a top 25 recruit, that's that's already started for for this team. And I'm going to give you all some good news about the Terps real quick, and then I'll give you one really, really bad news and stat we just heard. But to start with the good news, Jameer and Juju have been phenomenal. Uh, and against Penn State, the whole team fought and battled. Now, that'll get you some wins, but we need to get – our three-point shooting up, but they battled. It was fun to watch. Um, it's really proud that they fought and got the win, but Juju is averaging 16 and 10 
and Jameer's averaging close to 18 points a game. So they're giving it all they have. They're playing well. And I think if they can get the freshmen to join, we could sneak some big wins out this year. The bad is Maryland under Willard, which is just a year and a couple games now, have no road wins against teams ranked in Ken Palm's top 215 nationally. Which is weird because at Seton Hall, like he he can win on the road. At, at Seton Hall, they came into our yard and beat us at home, and we we were good that year. People forget so, though, it's not it's not the coach ninety percent of the time. Like we we talk about the coach so much, but it, the same thing with Turgeon. Sometimes it's just the guys, man. Sometimes like yep. big believer, and I've said this. I just said this last show. Big believer, the guy that puts the ball in the basket more. You know, he's a little bit better player than. Than the guy that didn't put the ball in the hoop. So something, something though that I that I noticed in the Penn State game that I'm I'm hoping we are starting to realize is like we're what we're nine games in now. So to a certain extent, like yeah, hopefully the shooting gets a little better. But we are what we are right. Like we are a not so good shooting team that has to scrap and claw and find ways to win. So something I did like is that we went out and we got 23 offensive rebounds the other day. You know what I'm saying? So like if you're not going to shoot the ball well. You have to find other ways to win, and that was something I liked was that guys are rebounding, guys are going to the boards. We were scrapping. We were diving on the floor for loose balls. Like, they're playing hard, and I think that's the only way we can be successful this year is if you come to the Xfinity Center, we are going to outwork you and play harder than you, and if you're going to beat us, you're going to have to, you're going to, have to throw haymakers. And that right there is also Willard, like seeing how hard you play. We need to see it on the road, but playing at home, the way this team has responded to a lot of adversity the first half of the season, like that's also his coaching. That's his style of play. And uh, I'll also throw in you, Juju has been extremely impressive. I think they said during the broadcast of the Penn State game, like Juju is realizing that he can be dominant every single night, like no matter who he's going up against. And I've also loved... uh, his emotion that he's playing with, I think becoming more of a leader, you're starting to see some of the, the interactions you don't love. Uh, the only one I didn't love was the at Indiana uh, going at Dante. I think mm-hmm. anytime you're doing it on the court where there's cameras going, where you're, you're in front of everybody, like I don't love it just because it sometimes looks like you're showing up a teammate, but like the fire that he's playing with and if he's going to challenge guys in a huddle or just in general, him him having the confidence in his junior year two challenge guys and then he goes out and he puts up 24 and 15 and an overtime win at home against Penn State like like that is that's a jump for him and that that's growth and uh he's been dominant you know he's he's been massive for this team him and him and Jameer obviously but Juju feels like right now like he's the emotional leader of this team and I like what Kevin said a lot of teams embody what their coach brings and Willard brings energy and this team plays with energy and passion what Kevin's talking about and I just I do love the way Willard has his guys playing. You could see against Penn State. And one thing I love too that they're doing defensively, Jordan Geronimo, he can guard almost one through five. And when they put him in a small lineup, he's switching everything. And I think that defense, especially as they perfect that and he can guard guards better, um, I think they'll be really good defensively. What do you guys think about kind of switching gears here from the past to the present? Um, and looking into the future, what do you guys think about the upcoming schedule and how teams do this a lot where, you know, they go from 
a pretty tough couple games. Then they go to the beginning of Big Ten play, and then they just play absolute popcorn shrimps where you're just throwing about seven or eight in your mouth at once. You know know what I'm saying? So it's one of those things like, what do you guys think about that? Do you think there has to be a balance or do you think you say, you know, screw it. So here I'll lead with this as well. I was talking to uh, Connor McCaffrey and he was telling me that the committee told them one year that when they beat Drake, which is a good mid-major team, that, they didn't beat them by enough. They only beat them by 10. And that loss or that win really kind of hurt their resume. So do you think that plays huge factor into the decision of who they're going to play moving forward? Well, th- we also do keep in mind this the, the structure of this schedule is also still relatively new. I want to say it was my sophomore year was the first year they did it. Two early Big Ten games, early December, and then a month off, and then going into the rest of your Big Ten schedule. So it is fairly new. And I think in general, that's just that's college basketball or, or the Big Ten, uh, similar like the NBA with the in-season tournament. Like They're trying to increase viewership earlier in the season. If you just took Maryland playing South Alabama and Ryder, and then you went right into Alcorn State, Nichols, and whoever else we have on our schedule, and Big Ten plays start at the end of December, like you're going to lose you're going to lose people. So it is still relatively new. I think where, where it helps is um, it's a great opportunity, right? Like you go play at Indiana, you go, you go play Penn state at home. You figure some things out about your team. This is a great chance for us to practice some of those things in live game action settings. Cause you know, as the season goes along, you're not practicing quite as hard as you do in preseason in the summer and all that. So it is a good chance for us to, you know, work on some lineups, throw some new sets in maybe, and just get guys some confidence because, you know, yes, we can't keep shooting 22%. So it is, you know, we need to use this as an opportunity to get better is, is, is how I look at it um, because it, it is kind of awkward, but you got to get better. I think it's the confidence piece that Travis said because um, you see Jamie go out there, if he goes three for five, two for four, and he can carry that into a game against at UCLA or home against Purdue coming up, I think that would be huge for the team. Just getting some guys' confidence. Maybe DHS starts making some threes. Something to get those guys going, get them comfortable with college basketball. 100%. Yeah, so when when you guys are looking at the upcoming schedule, do you guys think it has to be, you know, 40 ball, 40 ball, 40 ball? Or do you think it's more, you know, 20 points plus, but it's more like a adjustment period for the guys as well to kind of get their legs back underneath them and, you know, use that as like, Hey, Jamie, start shooting more often. Jameer start coming off wall screens differently. How do you guys think they'll play those? I'll, I'll say this. And I, I understand where Connor's coming from that they, I guess I'll, I'll preface it by saying like each individual team each year is unique this Maryland team does not have the big win they need. So I don't think at the end of this season, when it comes down to the committee looking at us, will be how many did we beat Alcorn State by at home back in early December? Like we still need the big win. Uh, so I think it's as long as we win these and like you guys are talking about, our guys get a little bit of confidence going. Uh, we're going to win these by 10 plus. I have, I have all the confidence where we're going to do that. I don't think we can nitpick whether we win it by 20 or 30. I just think in general, like the committee is going to look at these games like, okay, yes, they did win, but how'd they do against UCLA on the road? How did they do against Purdue, their first Big Ten game at home? Like Maryland still needs that win on their resume. 
the barometer should be getting the walk-ons in the game. Get get the elephants in the game. Get them some burn. Get us some action. Let some guys get some three Tracy balls up. That that's the barometer. Play well enough that you get me in the game and let me rock a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Get a little jiggy. Hmm hmm hmm. I like it, and it gets it makes those games fun. Uh, when you don't get the walk-ons in, when you don't get the guys in that should have got in, that game feels terrible. Uh, coach is mad. Players are mad when you just play eight or nine guys. That game you want to empty the bench. You want to be up 30, and you want Travis hitting a three and showboating the other team or Drew doing his handguns at the other team's bench. Yeah, well, I'll tell you biggest issues. I'm not sure Willard's a big walk-on guy, you know. He, like, he likes it too. It hurts the morale of the boys at the end of the bench. Hey, so upcoming um, UCLA, that has to be something they've had circled on the schedule for a little bit after last year. Um do we? Do you guys remember any time you've had something come up where, you know, we got beat the year prior and we kind of used it as a motivation game? I, I don't remember when we were at Maryland, Kevin, maybe you got something in the NBA. Um, but how do you usually address something like that where last year we were literally got wiped uh, and now moving forward we're, we're probably, you know, circling that game as, hey, we got to show up? One doesn't immediately come to mind. Uh, I think it's important, like emotionally. This is a this is a very similar group that played this team at home that got embarrassed at home last year, and uh, I think SVP was there, a big hyped up game. So I think like you, you go on the road, uh, big time name, you're flying across the country. Like emotionally, you have to stay in check, especially the guys that played against that team from last year. It can't be one of those games where you come out in the first TV timeout, you got. You got Juju and Jameer hunched over the timeout because all their adrenaline wore off and they're they're gassed just because they were so ready and hyped up for this game. Uh, so you, I think you have to separate the two as best you can. His coaching staff also played against UCLA last year, so they they would have learned something. But uh, it's going to be tougher. Like you go on the road, UCLA's not known super well for their home fan base. It's not like everybody talks about them as being a one of the toughest paces to play. But you're flying across country to LA, tough flight, good team, good coach, and uh, it'll be tough. And one thing looking at the date of that game, you're playing December 22nd. You do not want to lose before your Christmas break. It's something you don't really think about, but I remember we lost to Seton Hall, and that was miserable. We Losing those games stink. You're about to go into break. You're about to go into holiday with your family. And if you lose, especially a bad game, it's, it's not a fun break, and you come back, and that's – that's what you remember from that first half of the year. But something- all you want to do is play play well enough where you might, you know, one of those practices on a Tuesday, coach was a little iffy about. You want that practice off. So you play well enough where you're like, coach feels good about it. He gave us the extra day around Christmas. But something that is funky about this time of year is you have exams going on and stuff. So there's the practice schedule gets a little bit wacky these next couple of weeks because I think it's what a week or two weeks where you don't have a normal schedule while guys are doing exams. That's a little bit off. Well, not only that, but you start walking into the J term that we have, which is, you know, everybody off campus, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a funky period where there's not really many people that are, you know, actually present at games on campus, but also when it comes to the practice, some guys have exams, you know, a lot of people think, Oh, you get priority treatment with that stuff. Not like, your exams on a Monday at, at 3 p.m. and you got practice at 3 p.m. Guess what, buddy? 
you're going to be taking the exam. You know, it's not a, it's not like you've got preferential treatment there, especially when you're not, you know, ranked in the top 25. Top five, you might get away with a little something, something. Nah, me, 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 I got a ah, couple of days, you know, we had, we, had to, we had to beat the shit out of Purdue on the road. <laughs> Feel yeah, sick. Yeah, you know, if, if you, you know, 2260 at Kempom, like, get your ass in the classroom. <laughs> Take that test, buddy. I want to hear that shit. Teachers are like, who? What's your name? <laughs> oh, you, oh, you play basketball. Oh, you were those guys. Okay, yeah. Here's, 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 the, here's your Scantron. Uh, yeah, you do wear the sweatsuits every day to class. That's right. Oh, you do have your headphones on when you walk in. Okay. Number 20. I've actually never seen that number on the before <laughs> how many i don't know if, i don't know if any of you guys know how many guys on our team are are in grad school because i know the grad guys also had a way different schedule than all of us you would like some of those guys going to night class after practice and i know that their semester like the the structure of it's different but i'm curious with any grad guys on it because i feel like that's also where it can get a little wacky i think jameer's in grad school isn't he has to be. I, I would hope Dante da, is Dante also, in grad school. Also, ha, also has to be. He's been in college since twenty nineteen, so he probably has to be. Yeah. Um, okay. So here, here's a here's a big pivot. Um, I'm going to pass it over to the man because I we got a lot of questions about this, and I'm actually extremely curious as well. The in season tournament, Kevin, for the NBA. How dope was – I mean, was that not one of the best products of all time? Now you, I mean, you guys got, you know, your dongs kicked in, but it is what it is at that point. Um, just talk oh, about the, the overall, you know, tournament. And then maybe even, you know, maybe talk about the payment structure a little bit. Zion, Zion needed that 500K to, to do some terrible <laughs> All he wanted to do was just get to Vegas. <laughs> No, I, I think uh, overall it was it was definitely a resounding success. Uh, there was a different energy for each game. Um, I think a lot of that had to do with, like, it was forced on you in a lot of ways. Like, they changed the courts around. You know, they put the T-shirts in the stands. Like, they really tried hard to make it a thing. The NBA marketed the hell out of it. They made a commercial. So they really tried hard to make it more of a big deal. And it was. Like, there was, you know, our, our first game at home, we beat OKC. Uh, I think that's a nationally televised game. You know, then we're, we're on the road against the Spurs. That's nationally televised. You know, we have a Friday game at the end of a road trip against the, the Timberwolves that are number one in the West. That all of a sudden, that now becomes a massive game. The winner goes in the in-season tournament. So it did make each game mean more. And motivation-wise, late November, early December in the NBA is usually kind of, you know, where things just start to just jumble together. Like you're just kind of like in uh, autopilot mode where you're just going through all these games. And at least that that broke up uh, the that broke up the schedule of the NBA. Of course, with us, our last in-season tournament game is at home against the Warriors. Winner goes to the in-season tournament, yeah. or unless the point-wise was different. Like, of course, everyone on our on our team in our locker room was like, "Of course, like it comes down to this." Because we're also under the we're under the impression that when we beat the Timberwolves, like we were good. So it's like, all right, you beat the Timberwolves on the road, uh, kind of like the Warrior game won't won't really matter. And that's not exact. That's not at all like what it came down to. All of a sudden, we're like, "Yeah, we got to beat these guys at home." Of course, nationally televised game. We're just Draymond like, was yeah. back. That was Draymond's, Draymond's first game back for the suspension. Draymond's first game back. Like everything Story was book. gearing up. Like they had guys, of course, their team, like 
guys not shooting great to start the season. Wiggins and Clay having slower years. We're like, this game is going to get them going motivation wise. Like, so it came down to it. We had a we had a crazy comeback. Uh, got down by I think twenty in the first half, and I'm coming back to win that game at home, and then at a back to back. So then we came back the next day and got spanked by the Clippers. But like emotionally wise of that game, like it did. It had like a somewhat of a playoff atmosphere, and then uh. And then just for making it. So the payment structure of the in-season tournament is the winning team gets 500K, but it's not 500K for winning the last game. There's each each round, like you get paid more. So just for making it, we all made 50K, which I is noticed. great. So if we had won, if we had beaten the Pelicans, that single game by itself was worth 100K. So hmm. right there, we're like, hey, we win this game. There's 150 in the pocket. We end up losing, and so Pelicans Pelicans go with 150. The next round, I believe, was 150. Then I think the last game might have been 200. Uh, not exactly positive on those two figures, but the Lakers at the very end, because they won, came away with 500 for each player. But each step, they they took home a little bit more, which is a cool way of doing it. And it did mean something. Like you're talking to these guys, it's like, oh, 500 Ks. That's a nice trip to to Barcelona Ibiza right there, fellas. We could do a lot with that. We could do a lot, um, could do a lot we could do, with that. Let, a, let me tell you. We, we might could, do enough mm. with 50. <laughs> <laughs> I need, I need oh, 10. That's guy. all I need is 10. Uh, so, I honestly, I thought it was great. It'll be interesting to see now the energy going into Christmas. Now we got yes. two weeks till the Christmas game. And then after Christmas where it's like, get me an all-star break. Oh, my God. Yeah. But uh, it was good. Like, honestly, good for the NBA. Um I think it, it worked and put a little money in our pocket. People forget uh, All-Star Weekend's in Indy this year. A lot of people, a oh lot of people talking about it. A lot of people talking about who, it. Who runs Indy? Who, who runs Nobody Indy? talking about it. <laughs> who runs Indy? Uh, Who's the king of Indy? Uh, I got a lot of people saying I'm the guy to, to talk to, though, <laughs> if you need a ticket. So you tell me who runs Indy when you start talking about tickets. I guess I'll we'll see you in February. We'll see you in February with our, with our own eyes who – Who's running things around those parts? Yeah, 100%. All right. Well, um, you guys got anything else? Let's have some fun. Score predictions, UCLA. Talk to me. Do we win by how many? Hold up. Hold up. Whoever, whoever's closest gets no. a surprise Christmas gift. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. That's, today's the 10th. We got another. That's 12 days away. Come on. We yeah. got we got, another, we got two we guys between. between. We I, just, I just committed a cardinal sin, I think. I looked ahead. We're gonna lose the Alcorn State. <laughs> I just, I just committed a nasty. Okay, yeah. If we could track bad. down Andrew between now and UCLA, we should be able to get one in. But that remains to be seen. That boy's a ghost. I'm a ghost, man. That's what happens when you run cities, dog. You can't always be present. You got to be somewhere, just not present. And that's it. All right. I appreciate you guys listening. This is the end of season two, episode three of the Old Turbs podcast. We'll talk to you next time. We'll get a little bit more um, into the into the UCLA talk. For now, let's go beat Alcorn State. Let's go beat Nichols. Go we'll Terps. talk to you guys. Have a great yeah, yeah. day. Yeah, yeah.